myself out. I am afraid of I'm terrified and paralyzed by I am deathly afraid of Welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast with your host, me, Ryan Perio. Hello and welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Perio. This week, my guest is comedian Ian Mack. Ian is a comedian here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He also used to run uh, Wonder Crust uh, Mystery Science Theater 2000 at the uh, Grotto, which was an interesting coincidence. It's something that I watched when I was doing stand-up in the same area, and sometimes we would, I guess, cross paths and not even know it. In this episode, we talk about comedy, and then we get into his fear of open water. So let's get into this interview right now with Ian Mack. All right, my guest this week is comedian Nick McClanahan, known to all the Dallas-Fort Worth comedians as Ian Mack. So we're going to go by Ian Mack the rest of the time, but Nick is his, I guess, paycheck name, his his ta- yeah. his taxpayer name. That is his... Yeah. My God-given name. Yeah. So, Ian, how are you doing today? All right, man. It's been a, been a crazy, a little bit of a crazy day, but, you know, hanging in there, ready to go do some comedy, man. Yeah. So you're a dad. Yeah. How many kids do you have? I have two. And uh, I also have a uh, one-and-a-half-year-old dog. Okay. So a lot of hyperactivity going on. A lot of, yeah. lot of energy in that house. Yeah. So what, yeah, do, exactly. so what does your wife do? Because we were talking about like she had to... Uh, she, she works in uh, luxury retail. And so... Uh, when the pandemic hit, she kind of was able to keep her job to to international brand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, they never shut down. They just they did what everybody else in the world did. They paid paid her to stay home. And then mm-hmm. so through the pandemic, she was able to keep her job and she actually got a promotion. And so uh, I don't know, it completely uprooted me in a, in a lot of ways, it made me kind of what was the what was the 2020 word the buzzword pivot made me yeah. pivot my career um but yeah she she was she's been able to uh sort of you know do the bulk of the financial stuff and so i've become mr mom okay well that's awesome though i mean that's that's the every man's yeah. dream i think big stay at home mom is a is a great i'm a kept man dude yeah <laughs> I'm a houseman, a house husband. So, what does luxury retail kind of into- entail? Because that's fascinating. I, I was like, I was like, what is handbags? We'll okay. say handbags and like okay. stuff like that. Okay, yeah. so high, like high end. Okay, that's wow. So she's yeah. so you so you probably get a lot of DMs about coach it, coach purses and Louis Vuitton and all that jazz. Kate Spade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's she. She's uh yeah. If I I don't know if I can say whatever. She's a uh, she. She works in operations uh for the Louis Vuitton That's for awesome. eight for the Louis Louis Vuitton Corporation. Does she get like free purses or like a deep discount on purses or deep discount, dude? She got me a pair of shoes for my uh for my birthday mm-hmm. this this year, 
or here maybe it was christmas i don't know she got me a badass pair of sneakers uh they did a they did a uh like uh every year they do a sort of team up between uh another brand and louis vuitton and uh-huh. uh and this year just happened to be nike so they were coming out with some dope ass sneakers uh <laughs> so i got a pair of i got a pair of uh these like white and orange um okay. louis vuitton sneakers dude so that's pretty sweet that's sweet are you a sneakerhead by trade or is that just a uh i'm not as bad as mikey b i'll tell you that dude uh uh but uh, i know a lot more people who are deep deep yeah sneaker heads i like i like a good sneaker i like you know a couple staples or whatever but i'm not gonna go spend a whole paycheck on sneakers you know i don't either i i use i have a lot of sneakers but usually they're like the low end like i have like a lot of retro nike and stuff like that like nikes to me because they're just so light like for some reason the lightness of that shoe i just i equate to comfort like i just i feel comfortable in those shoes more than i do like i do have some converse that are super comfy like john barbados converse and things like that but i don't have i don't go to a lot of adidas i don't have a lot of just classic you know other other shoes like reebok or i do can't do a reebok i can't do asics very much yeah i used to it was weird i grew up on uh i used to work out in new balance Mm -hmm. because the arch support and then i wore asics when i was doing uh like track and stuff um or or just like working out um cross training or whatever um and then yeah i i I do I, i agree with you you know like have one or two good like light pair of sneakers that still could could be dressy you know yeah those louis vuitton, that those louis vuitton ones like she got such a deep discount on it i i feel i i feel i almost feel uh i, I just kind of feel bad wearing them out because mm-hmm. <laughs> like because because of how much they actually cost uh she got them on a great deal because you know I mean, 60, 70% off sometimes on the, on the, uh, employee site, which is like awesome. Um, so you, I mean, you're getting them at a, like a fraction of the cost. She actually, I think she actually got them for like 85% off. Like, what does that even mean? So you paid. <laughs> so if they're $200, then you, you 85% off of 200. So you're like, look at a thousand dollar sneakers possibly. Depending on like she and she probably won't ever tell you how much she spent because no. they're a gift. Yeah, I get it though. It's like if you wear them out and it's like all of a sudden like it's sunny when you're wearing it, and it just immediately comes like a storm that like rolls in like in an hour and just like you have to try to walk out with those shoes on. Yeah, uh, I actually bombed my first thirty minute set that I ever did. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the uh, last. December, uh, December, maybe. I can't even remember. No, maybe. Oh no, it was. Oh, so I, the reason I bombed is because uh, I mean, a number of reasons, but the main one was uh, the the baby was two weeks old, and I had gotten I don't know, <laughs> maybe four hours of non consecutive sleep the previous three days before that mm-hmm. set. So I was just like completely 
just wiped. But yeah. I got from every single comic, I got every single comic and a bunch of the people that were in the room that I didn't know. They were like, dude, those are some badass shoes. So I felt good about it. I was like, thanks. Sorry about my jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I should also add that you're you're part of the uh gr- the comedy group, the Outlaw Comedy. Outlaw Comedy, I guess, is what you is you a- Andrew Barton and uh, Jacob yeah. Jacob Marshall and Zach Robbins. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a bunch of us, man, and um, I, I think just basically on paper, it's me and Andrew. But I mean, we have uh we we've we're slowly just making ties with with you know the the scene and mm-hmm. um i mean andrew's known a bunch of people you know long before i before i have but i kind of came from a different side of things you know yeah. alternative comedy and writing for uh writing for or sort of live production type things that was how i got started uh and andrew's just you know his dad's a comic and that's the homage to Outlaw Comedy mm-hmm. Productions is the homage to the original uh, Texas Outlaw Comics, which mm-hmm. uh, isn't one of your uh, your favorite comics. My, uh, my idol is Carl LeBeau, which is yep, one of the original yep. Outlaws of Comedy, which is, for those that don't know, uh, in the mid to late 80s, they were Sam Kennison, Carl LeBeau, Bill Hicks. Damn Airman, I, I it's like I know it's not Barton. I was like, but that's Andrew's I would say stepdad, I believe. Dan Merriman. Yep. Uh uh let's see who else was there. I don't know. I can't can't think of the other ones, but there was a few others. But those Epstein are the most Epstein was one of them. Yeah. Uh Steve Epstein, uh and uh Jimmy Pineapple and I don't know, is it kind of the, the Houston crew, you know? Yes. But then uh Hicks and, and Kennison and Carl, they all went out to, uh, you know, the comedy store in LA and all that stuff. And that kind of, uh, springboarded, uh, them there, but, um, yeah, they called them the Texas outlaws. And so I didn't even know, uh, Andrew doesn't ever really talk about, you know, if you don't, if you, if you, if you know, you know, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. It's, um, he doesn't really ever talk about him. I've, you know, I've worked with a guy for three years before I actually found out that that was his dad. Yeah. He, but I mean, I get it. It's a mutual thing between them that Andrew wants yeah. to, 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 to make his own mark. He doesn't want, he doesn't yeah, want, absolutely. He, he doesn't want that. He wants to, he wants to find his own path. And I respect that. That's something that I don't know how, you know, as a, in a comic scene, when you're, parents are a successful comic how how you do that like you know Polly Shore for instance his dad was a famous comic and you can see how that kind of made it weird with his mom Mitzi and how yeah. he would you know she wouldn't book him you know for very much you know the stuff but allowed him to find his own niche and in, in the weasel character that he created yeah MTV got him his start dude that was it really springboarded his whole career, you know? Yeah. But I mean, he just played that character on stage. He was the weasel. And I love it. I, that's, yeah, that's great. But it's, and it's just <laughs> fascinating. Like all the comedy families, like if you watch any of the, bro- any brothers that do comedy, like Tony Mac and Chris, or Tony Rock and Chris Rock, Eddie yeah. and Charlie, uh, Brian Regan and Dennis Regan. They're just so many, they're, they're all, but they all do it, but they all do it so differently. Like it's such, it's so different, like how close, even how closely together they grew up 
how, yeah. how differently they they see the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and and, and you're 100 percent right, dude. He does. Uh, Andrew, you know, d- did it because he wants to make his own. He doesn't want to ride his dad's coattails. Nobody wants to be known for that, you know. Yeah. And I think that was what. Honestly, that was what drew me to the fact that. Like. Like I knew all about this, this back history and 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 he just you know he would say yeah my dad was a com- my my dad's a comic so i just kind of grew up in it didn't even and that was all that was all i ever knew about it so that made me even the the sort of just i don't know the that that mentality made me want to work with him even more man uh yeah. he's he's a good friend and now he like even now he lives like <laughs> Uh, he moved right down the street from me. So he's literally like three blocks away from me, dude. That's awesome. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> that definitely helps for like planning and kind of meetings and anything like in, informal things that you may need to go through. Like, Hey, I, I want you to take a look at this or, Hey, what do you think of this venue? It makes commu- It makes communication for stuff like that a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Just come knock on the door. So how long have you been doing comedy? Um, so did you okay wait um i started acting and i started doing uh like one act plays and things like that in high school um i had a little bit different of an experience um but um you know after that i kind of just i I really got into music and like kind of helping uh produce like concerts and things like that Mm -hmm. and so that was really my moved to Fort Worth in 2010. Okay. Where were you before? Uh, well, for three years before that, I was finishing out uh, my uh, communication degree at uh, UTA. Okay. And before that, I uh, come from South Texas down in Cor- uh, near Corpus Christi. Okay. So like uh, my mom was out in Rockport for a while like that. Yeah. Was- so, so you, do you know where Sentin is? I don't know where Sentin is. I know uh, Rockport and, uh, What's the other city that got wiped out by the hurricane? Uh, Aransas. Port Aransas. Yeah, Port Aransas. Aransas Pass. Yeah. So it's Port Aransas, and then right across the channel, Aransas Pass, Aransas mm-hmm. Pass, Ingleside, Rockport, like all yeah. those. That's where I grew up. And <clears throat> Rockport's about 15 miles, 15 to 20 miles uh, east mm-hmm. of Sentin. So, like, if you're going down, if, if you're going down south, you actually take the Sentin Rockport exit. Yeah. to get to Rockport uh, off of the highway. So yeah, it was interesting. Um, I, they had the, all the oyster boats that ride at Rockport and they would at five in the morning, they would all, you, my mom had like a, she was like right on the, like you could walk to this little pier and see the bay and you could walk yeah. out and like sit, stand on this dock and you could watch the, the, the boats like tread out to, to oyster to, I guess, har- to harvest oysters and then yeah. come back. Copano Bay, baby. Yep. Yeah, there's a Copano Bay is kind of weird. There's a um, um, that was a it was a, it was a place where the uh, the Confederate Navy mm-hmm. would uh, would I don't know it was it was a port for the Confederate Navy. And I had this history teacher. I didn't even know that the Confederacy have a navy had a navy. I didn't I didn't know. Oh, any yeah, there was of that. Some of the most brutal battles were uh, Civil yeah. War sea battles because you're talking about being in something that's built in 1800s and yeah. 
they were they were pretty it was pretty some of those are pretty intense like i know florida like tallahassee area and on the other side of florida there was a lot of civil naval battles and stuff especially uh also up the mississippi yeah i had a history teacher that would walk the coconut he lived in rockport mm-hmm. um and he would walk you know had a metal detector so he would walk the beach and all this stuff he found like uh confederate like uh like insignias and like medals and stuff mm-hmm. and and he would bring them to class to show it was really cool to see he, he found uh he, he's found uh multiple cannonballs that's crazy <laughs> yeah dude just like cannonballs he's like yeah there's one that i found just like yeah that's a that's a weird like I, i'm surprised he didn't take y'all out doing that like as a part of a field trip or something like out to the beach with the metal was- and just dig for it yeah, that would have been really cool. I don't know. That was that was the community college. Yeah, so started off down there, and then when I moved, um, really, when I moved into Fort Worth, it was really we we moved pretty quick and heavy into. I met uh, my friend Riley uh, Riley Morris, who you uh, I think I think you met him uh, at at the Mad Hatter Mike. Uh, either last week or a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's the guy that really kind of got me started. We, we were working at a, at a restaurant together, just waiting tables. And he was like, he was like, Hey man, we're doing this. Um, we're doing this show. It's kind of like a mystery science theater type show, but we're doing it live in a bar. And it's really like, you know, we want it to be, uh, uh, like a rated R mystery science theater. And I was like, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in, how can I help? And he's like, well, we really, He's like, we really need a logo. So I just started making the logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was like, dude, this looks great. We're going to put it on everything. And you want to help us write? And I was like, sure. And so I started writing. Uh, and then uh, the way that we would set it up is we'd watch a movie. Um, and there was already like pre-edited like video and audio cut-ins. You know, like yeah. when you're watching a movie and it makes you think of something else, it would cut to that. Um. And, uh, and then we'd have three voice actors in the back watching the movie with the crowd yeah. and, uh, and over the loudspeaker. And so, um, yeah, so we would write for that, write, write jokes and scripts that had to be like really, really fast and, and go with it. So, uh, that kind of honed the skills of like being on the spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I became a voice actor on that. Um, and, uh, that's the, and, and now we have like, we we have the record for the second longest running alternative comedy show in Fort Worth. Yeah. Second second to uh four day weekend, which has been like thirty years or something. So did y'all ever do at the grotto? That was us. Okay. So y'all were the people that like ruined open mic for us on some Sundays that I think it was like one Sunday a month or something like that. Because Breckenridge would run the Grotto open mic and I think that one point or one or two points y'all were there instead doing a show and so they he, they canceled the show because i remember walking in one uh, time thinking there was an open mic and it was like a mystery science theater thing going on. i'm like okay what's going on that was uh no we uh we had wednesdays for a long time uh we never did them on sundays there uh we did have maybe it was a wednesday because i know we did an open it was like a wednesday or thursday or something like that because i know yeah. we did brian did an open mic there in evenings like started like a thursday it's like a Tuesday or Thursday night, 
And then he got Sunday the next time he reopened it, but it was like a Thursday. And I think at one point y'all had done, like it was set up for y'all to do because your chairs faced it. And then you face that little. Yeah. Face the stage. Did you ever stay for the show or no? I think we did a couple times. Like we stayed a couple times and watched it, but yeah, I remember, I remember that. And I was like, I wonder if that's him. It's like, Cause I would be me and a couple of comics would be so bummed that we drove all the way to Fort Worth and there was no mic. It was some something else going on. The funny thing is, uh, do you remember? Uh, you, do you know Sam Dobbin? I don't. No, he was. Uh, so he was doing. Uh, I was booking. Uh, just just to kind of get the show moving along once we we had wednesdays for actually we i think we started off on on tuesdays Mm -hmm. and then so for like about six months we did it on tuesday then we we switched to wednesdays got a little bit more of a crowd and then i think we were when every every uh last wednesday of the month is what it was or something like that and then we moved to every last thursday of the month like i think about a year later and um that was really our home base for that for years man i mean we did so the in in total even with breaks we we were running that show for eight years so that's impressive i mean because you would think at some point that that would just fizzle out that you, yeah but did. nerd but you're but proof you know like just like the nerdist like you can nerd comedy you know they'll 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 keep coming back if you can, you yeah, can handle that niche. Yeah, it was great. Uh, and then, so Riley um, got scooped up um, and and taken out to LA to be a, a video editor. And so he he got an associate degree from uh, from TCC to uh, to to edit video. And then um, they got on the short film circuit. This is even before Wondercross. This is uh, their their name was their improv name, which was Shut Up and Prance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Suop then started the Wondercrust Movie Watchers Club, which is what we called our show. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Dobbin was he was hot and heavy into stand up for a long time. He actually got me to do my first set. Okay, um, and that was in shit, man, twenty uh 2016 the beginning of 2016 okay yeah um and uh yeah just kind of i did i i only really did five minutes at a show mm-hmm. for like the first hell two years that i was doing stand-up and it was only at our shows so i don't even i don't know <clears throat> so technically i've been i've been doing stand-up specifically uh since 2016 but i mean there was there was a point where i kind of went a little crazy during covid and and uh i was like i'm done entertaining people and then when comedy started coming back i was like i'm sorry i'm i'm back i'm back i want to do it again please let me back um so what is your crown jewel since you've been doing it for six years what has been like what's been the high like if you could name like a high point, what is your what is your George Washington and Mount Rushmore moment? My George Washington and Mount Rushmore moment, like uh, just like experience wise, like uh, at at a show or something. Yeah, just just comedy wise. Some people, it's for them, it's like they did something on stage. Other people, it's somebody they perform with. It's been it's, yeah. all the comics have 
interestingly different answers, but like what's been like your, like if you were to, if the comedy was to go away tomorrow, what would be the thing that you were like, that you remember the most fondly? Uh, <laughs> I mean, sometimes I remember, okay. So I would say that hearing so, okay, one of the new guys, uh, I won't name any names or anything. They were like, because um, I, I, I like to, I come from a writing background and stuff. And mm-hmm. so I'm not one of those guys that's going to like, that's going to give you advice if you don't ask for it or give you a tag if you don't ask for it or whatever. But if I know you well enough, I'm going to be like, dude, when you said this, it made me think of this. I don't know what that means, but I relate with that. Um, but uh, somebody came up to me uh, and was like, hey, man, um, I've been working on some jokes. Uh, one of the younger guys, one of the new guys came up to me and he was like, Hey man, I've been working on some jokes. And, uh, so, and so told me that, that you're the best. What, what, can you, can you maybe give me some notes? And I was like, what? like, I, I don't know how to take compliments. I think that was, that made, just made me feel good. I was like, shut up, you know, <laughs> stop. You're going to make me cry. But, um, the the best show that I ever had wasn't even a club. We had a bar show in Lawton. That was the first time that I actually nailed the 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually went for, I did 31, 31 and a half minutes. That was kind of my, I don't know. And, and everybody was engaged through the whole thing, through the whole show, through my whole set. I didn't really have to look at my notes at all. Like mm-hmm. I kind of had my set, you know, written out on a little piece of paper, but um, you know, about wasn't even a really a packed room. It was, there's maybe about 50 people in there. Um, but it was, uh, that made me. So that's your crown jewel though. We're going ahead and we'll jump into your fear, which is now that I know where you're from, I get a little bit more. Cause I was like, open water. That's a, that's a interesting one for somebody. And then like, Oh, you live by the bay. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, fear of open water. What do they call it? Uh, it's like, and I don't know, man. Uh, it's it just makes me uncomfortable thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because of the movies. I don't know. Um, yeah. Have you ever been makes- out in the bay? Like, have you been out? Because I was like, that's jellyfish galore. I was like, that's. Well, yeah. So um, I, I I went fishing with my dad, and um, when I was a when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but we would kind of just stay you know, in the shallows or whatever, did a lot of floundering, uh, which is like very, very shallow water. Um, and then I did the first time I went, you know, deep sea fishing. I think that was when I kind of figured it out. You know, I was like, Ooh, this is not, Ooh, you know, like, is it just the waves? Was it just like the waves? Like, was it like rough that day or it wasn't specifically rough, but I mean, it's a, it's an, uh, if you've ever been, have you ever been on the ocean? Yes. Um, a little bit. Like I've been out like, like not super far out, but I've been like ferried and stuff like that. So it's been. Yeah. So on a, on an even slightly windy day, even, even if it feels calm or whatever, the, the, the boat is coming up, is going up and down on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Uh, constantly um and that didn't really get seasick i took some dramamine or whatever um but just 
not being able to see the bottom of something, mm-hmm. uh, not being able to sort of just, just kind of being, uh, like not in, not in control, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. You're just a passenger, no matter what's going on. Even if you got yeah. operate, even if you're operating the boat, you're still a passenger. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. There are definitely sea creatures that could topple this thing immediately. I don't think they would, you know, I actually went back and listened to, uh, the, your, uh, your episode with Kinsey Ford when she mm-hmm. was talking about being a scuba diver. Uh, that was one of the things that I, uh, sort of, uh, did to try to f- face the fear was I got it also, it was a, it was a two, uh, accounted for a two hour credit, uh, in college and took a scuba class. And so that kind of helped me get, you know, get through that. I mean, even before that, my, my best friend in the world, uh, his name's Jimmy. Um, he, he has had been, he's been surfing since he was just a little, a little eight, eight year old kid on a surfboard. So whenever I got out of high school, he kind of took me and started teaching me some things. And so, so that kind of, I I've actually surfed, uh, on the East coast, West coast, and on the Gulf a lot, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of face those fears. I kind of got over that, but still dude, open water just makes me uncomfortable, man. Just, I, I would say it's just the helplessness. Cause it's like, there's nothing, you don't know where to go. If you're, if you're disoriented or if you're thrown mm. and you don't know any kind of direction, yeah. you're in like at pitch of night or anything like that. Yeah. Like some of those stories, like, have you heard the story of, uh, do you watch football? See, that's, that's, uh, one thing is I'm not, I'm not really into sports. Okay. So what, what the, what's the story though? He's a, he was a fullback for the Miami Dolphins. His name was Robert Conrad. Okay. Yeah. And he was out deep sea fishing, uh, off the deep coast of like Florida and their boat got turned and he had, he swam back. Like it took him like two days of swimming or whatever. And he like swam and made it back. He had like Whoa. jellyfish stings like over half of his body. And it's just like, he, but yeah, he just literally swam. And I'm like, you know, that's just, you know, not knowing if we're you're not seeing anything, just kind of knowing a general direction. This is the way I got to go. Mm-hmm. Like it's just got, I don't know how you, you know, that's just a survival instinct. I don't know if I would have, but I don't know because I was in that situation how desperate you get, how, you know, how, you know, like how, you know, how dispirited and how do you let, how do you get over that if you've been swimming for a day and you still have no sign of anything anywhere? Oh, man. So <clears throat> that brings up um, another way that I tried to cope with it. I think, I don't know, it, it's it's been this way I got the fear when I think like the movies and things like that, like Titanic Mm -hmm. and jaws and like, uh, you know, just like the, the utter despair. What was that one with all the, where the, where the, they got separated, the two scuba divers got separated from the cruise ship. Like they went down and then some crazy current carried them off and then they're open water. Is that, I think it's called open water, isn't it? It might be. I don't, I don't watch a lot of horror movies, so. Well, it's not even, I don't know. It's not even really a horror movie. It's like an actual real event. And they just like, so the, there's these two scuba divers and they're just like, uh, it's just them the whole time. And they're trying to keep each other, you know, uh, like 
sharp. The the cruise ship's taken off. Some kind of crazy clerical error. Uh, they thought that they were checked back in, but they weren't. And so this this current carried them off anyway. So the the camera keeps going from above the water to below the water, and then every time, every couple like dips down, you just see like more and more sharks like surrounding them. And that mm. shit scares the shit out of me. Okay, so. <laughs> So it's also a shark. Can I cuss on this podcast? Yeah, you can. To... Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's explicit. I, I did that just for, just to be safe. It's like, but Kenzie talks about that. She says like sharks aren't that big a deal. And so yeah. you can talk to Kenzie yeah, about no. that. Well, so, so one of the other things that I tried to do, um, I just, I don't know. But at the same time that I was surfing, I was also, uh, I also had a job as a uh, lifeguard. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a, not on the beach and at, at a, you know, at pools, Okay. you know? Um, and so I started kind of, so I, I was in shape, you know, cause I'm surfing all morning mm-hmm. and then I'm, I'm 30 minutes on the stand, 30 minutes in the water doing laps, uh, for an entire summer, dude, I was, I was pretty cut. Um, but then the guy that, that gave me the job as a, as a lifeguard, he kind of offered me a position to come be a beach lifeguard. And I was like, mm. No thanks, because he said you got to swim two miles out in the in the Gulf. Yeah, and then two miles, dude. Swim two miles out, and then swim two miles back. Yeah, it's gonna That's... be a no. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> Is that how you met your wife? Just lifeguarding? At... <laughs> no, we we the lifeguard with the sunblock on the nose just. Not this one, no. <laughs> Not this girl. Okay. <laughs> but I did. I met some girls, man. Yeah. Were, no, you, a... <laughs> were you like the dude on Stranger Things, the the older brother of the girl that's a lifeguard or whatever? All the thirty year olds <laughs> just sitting there with their makeup on, sun tanning. Yeah, yeah. And I worked at a country club too, so it was like, I I I was the oldest person there. And then the uh, when I got hired, and then a week later, the pool manager quit. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, well, you're the only <laughs> like a weekend of being an actual lifeguard. And they're like, you're the manager down. I'm like, OK, whatever. Or the dude version of Wendy Peppercorn from the Sandlot. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. <laughs> Sandlot's my favorite movie of all time. So I definitely. <laughs> you're Wendy Peppercorn. Relate to that. That's right. He doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> oil and lotion and lotion and oil. And I can't take it no more. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, lots of, um, just housewives. I don't know. I, my, my, my whole interaction for the first, you know, year and a half of being a lifeguard, I was a lifeguard for about what, five years, six Mm -hmm. years, something like that. Um, and, uh, my whole interaction was just with kids, you know, just with those people's kids. Um, and so I got to, you know, I, I've got to teach swim lessons and things like that um, to to kids. And it's amazing that how afraid of open water you are, how how much you spent time in water, like because you yeah. would think most people, because one of the other ladies, it's like that's afraid of open water or sharks, like you know, with sharks, but it was more open water. She's like she doesn't do pools or anything like that. Like she just. She kind of is, you know, like I, I'll stand on the. I like beaches, but I don't go in the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, 
I don't know. In in a weird way, I feel like my whole life has been sort of uh, training for if I ever get stuck in open water. Yeah. So like, I, I can swim like a mother, dude. What about your kids? So what if your kids go to the beach? How 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 far out on the water are you going to let them get before you start like... Oh, well, I'm going to mm, teach, yeah. You know, like, like yeah. before you get uncomfortable, like, hey, can you guys uh, come back? Uh, yeah. That's too far. I mean, it depends on how old they are, really, and how yeah. proficient they are in the water. Um, been working with my four-year-old. Um, he's uh, he's really kind of getting into. It. I know a lot of parents will kind of get their their infants into it, so maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna try that with the with uh, the the seven-month-old because he's mm-hmm. he's right at that that age where you can start to kind of like get them used to the water or whatever and. Mm-hmm. He loves baths, so I don't. Yeah, but I want. I've been working with my four-year-old. I really want to get them geared up for swimming. Okay, no, that's awesome. So I'm, I'm glad that that hasn't like tainted your like view of the beach or something. Like you'll still take them to the beach and you know still be quasi fun dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I'm, I don't know. That I think that's the the whole like surfing aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I've seen sharks out in the water while surfing. Um, I've had, you know, a shark brush up against my leg. At mm-hmm. least I think it was a shark. Anything touching your leg in the water when you're surfing, it's yeah. a fucking shark, dude. Mallory has bad, like, <laughs> doesn't have great eyesight. And so she's always like afraid she doesn't like night swimming or dark water or anything like that. Yeah. Because she's like, I just don't, I want to be able to see what it is. I don't want to not know what just touched me. Yeah. I want to get, I, I was actually, I'm glad that I listened to that episode with Kenzie because I've been, I'm scuba certified, but I want to go and get like, you know, do like a little brush up course, but I may want to go get an advanced mm-hmm. where we go do a night dive. Um, okay. I think, I think that's what you, I think that's the the next step is the advanced. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Like that, like, yeah, yeah. I might reach out to her. Yeah. I, I didn't was... know she worked at a scuba shop. Yeah, I'll yeah, I'll let her know. It's like, hey, Ian's interested in scuba, and like she'll probably, you know, like at next open mic, y'all are hang out at. You can talk shop because she loves that stuff. Like that's her wheelhouse, like scuba, all that stuff. That's awesome. Because she get she yeah. said she gets to travel. Like she went to Panama and stuff like that. I was like, wow, that's crazy that they let you just go scuba around the world to do different things. <laughs> yeah. I knew a guy that was a uh, that was a, one of my buddy's brothers is a uh, an underwater welder, mm-hmm. and um, so he'll I mean he working on like oil rigs and things like that, um, like any kind of like under underwater piping, or whatever. Sometimes he'll be uh, he'll be down you know however many feet or something, and. Uh, you know, just just sitting down there like in a scuba gear welding. I can't even imagine that, dude. No, that's not not for me, dude. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> well, this has been an awesome conversation. Sorry, it's kind of bounced between Zoom telling me that I'm gonna have to charge you and stuff, and then your phone dying. So, <laughs> where can people find you and Outlaw Comedy on social media if they're looking to maybe attend a show or you know, kind of follow your your comedy? My journey, man. <laughs> Indeed. It is a journey. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, at Ian Mac Comedy uh, on Instagram. 
or you can just or Facebook. It's I kind of put it in parentheses in my name, so you can see that. Uh, and then out, at Outlaw Comedy Productions. Awesome. Uh, I've done that theater a lot too. Like I did it with Todd Justice. Did you have to be clean when y'all did it? Which one? The, the one, one in, La- in uh, Lawton. Lawton. Vasca. Yeah. Uh, well. They didn't tell me. Okay, <laughs> no. I, I think we had to be clean. I don't know because they were doing a Rocky Horror Picture Show right before, so it had a lot of kids. Because yeah. they, they have, they'll do that, that, which I thought was really cool. Is they did like a live Rocky, you know, in front of the movie screen. Yeah, that's that was awesome. They had some kind of uh, they had some kind of uh, uh, show going on there previously to it, but it wasn't that day. They just. Um, kind of had the the stage set up for that but uh no we weren't we weren't clean we went with billy mcfarland that was fun yeah i did it with todd justice and i he was like do 30 or 40 you know just clean because there's kids here so that's i did rocky i think they made us do clean because they were doing rocky horror picture and they had kids in the audience still and so we had to be like corporate clean and i'm like okay i can do this and i had at that time i had a little digital stopwatch and I knew it was like as soon as I got it, but I got so in my head about thinking about my set that I got up on stage and I started talking. And I looked down and I'm like, oh, I didn't start my watch at all whatsoever. I don't know how much time. <laughs> and I just did TV clean for what Todd said was 45 to 50 minutes. Yeah. But I was like, I don't, I'm going to fill time because I don't want to just get off. And, and so I was just, I did that and you know, gave me some confidence. I mean, it it's a, I wish they would move move people closer, like they didn't let you seat in the whole theater, because I felt like a lot yeah. of people sat in the back, sp- yeah, yeah, spotted on the back of the sides. Like, come on, closer, so I can actually hear you guys laughing. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, I had that was. I, I should add that to the uh, to also to the kind of the crowning achievements. That was my first theater gig. That was that was fun, man, I, and I mm-hmm. loved doing shows with billy mcfarland he's a great guy that would have been a that's a fun sound video if y'all wanted to do something where you're like pretending to record a comedy special or whatever to what like film him walk up because you go, i think you go to that little room to the left yeah of the stage and you you have a little green room then you have the steps to go out on stage the stage behind the movie theater screen yeah that that'd be really cool I think we should put some next time we do it we're gonna put something on the screen behind us or mm-hmm. maybe just like if they if there's like a curtain that we can pull, I don't know, but yeah, that's it's a, it's a great setup over there. I love those guys. That's awesome. Well, I thank you again for doing this, Ian. I'm glad that you're at least like you've you've at least like no acknowledge it in like Zach Webb where his fear is eat, getting eaten alive. That you've like taken steps to because he watches the anime called uh, Attack on Titan, and apparently mm. they eat people in that anime, and so it kind of it's like it's pretty graphic, and sometimes he has to walk away from it. But he's actually. To him, what he said is like his girlfriend said, hey, you know, if you're afraid of something, it has power over you. So you should try to you should try to tackle it so that it does no it no longer has any kind of power over you. So like just like the open water kind of has power over you because you feel helpless. The fact that you're taking scuba and things like that to try and, you know, if something were to happen, be prepared for it and things like that. Yeah, that's my apocalypse prepping yeah but i mean it's just it's it's an acknowledgement i like the idea that when he said that that's 
you're if you're afraid of something, yeah, it's got some control over you. Take back control back, do something to to make it more less less intimidating and just slowly chip away at it so you're not as afraid anymore. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, dude, thanks for having me, man. This uh, this is fun. We need to have more conversations like this like outside of the podcast, dude. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> all right. The, the dog hasn't barked the whole time, dude. <laughs> right at the end. That's all right. We'll talk to you later, Nick or Ian, right. as I call you. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Have a good one, dude. So that was Ian. Thanks to Ian for all his patience and sticking with me there. We had a few technical glitches going on with his phone freezing and then reconnecting. And then we had to, uh, I guess, adjourn from Zoom because I guess when I interviewed them the day before, I guess Zoom had changed their uh, contract or, I guess, privacy thing or, I guess, terms of agreement to one-on-one meetings only being 40 minutes instead of unlimited. And so with that, I have now moved to doing Facebook Messenger calls and doing it that way, which seems to be just as effective as Zoom without having to send links or anything else. So thanks to Chase Miska who uh, helped me pioneer that and come up with that alternative because without that, I don't know how I would have done this podcast the way I do. And so I will do Facebook Messenger calls or Skype or something, some alternative besides Zoom if that Zoom has now gone to 40-minute limit on their one-on-one conversations. So thanks again to Ian for doing that. Check out Ian Mack at Outlaw Comedy and Ian Mack Comedy on social media. He does some fantastic things. They're they're making their own path and they're finding success doing it. And I'm very proud of them. Uh, Make sure you follow them and give them a listen to whenever you can. As for me, I just finished my weekend with Rob Little at the Hyenas in Dallas. I... Had some really good sets. I The first two shows were a little light, so I got to work on some lesser material that I usually don't do. And then I had friends coming Saturday, so I had to, again, do well. And really, you know, just I really wanted to make a good impression. So I, I hope I did that. It was a fun time. I hope to have Rob Little as a guest in the future. He has, he has definitely made it known that he's willing to do that, and so we will connect in the future to do that. Paul Smith was also my opener, so it was really nice. I didn't sell as many T-shirts as I would like because they all come see Rob every time he's in town, and when they do that, then they've already bought my shirts from previous, I guess, weekends. But thanks to Rob, I enjoy it. It's very always nice to to feel wanted by another comic and to work with. And, you know, just it's a nice validation for your effort, you know, efforts and things you put in. And so, I hope you guys had a great week. Um, next week is Memorial Day weekend. I will have an episode already. I recorded a couple this weekend as well. So more to come on that front, and we will pioneer this new Facebook Messenger style together. Uh, thanks again for for everybody listening to the Sum of All Fears podcast. If you like what you hear, leave a review and have a great week. And now some thank yous for the folks that make this show possible. Thanks to Barry Whitewater for my art and graphics. You can follow him on Instagram at bwhite2o. Get it? 
H2O, like water. You can also follow him on Facebook, Music. A huge thank you to Gunnar Olson for the wonderful music provided for this podcast. You can follow him on Instagram at gunbuns, that's G-U-N-B-U-N-S, as well as his website, gunnarolson.net. Check out some of the samples that he has recorded. They're amazing. He's an amazing percussionist. If you want to follow the show, we've got a Facebook group, Some of All Fears. Instagram, Twitter, you can find us at Some Fear Fans. If you have some feedback for the show, email me at somefearfans, S-O-M-E-F-E-A-R-F-A-N-S, at gmail.com. I'll be happy to, to take those into consideration. Also, if you'd like to be a guest, email me at somefearfans at gmail.com. We can try to iron out some details and get that settled in. You know, give us some feedback if on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review. It makes the show bigger, and it's not going anywhere. I'm going to record as many shows as I possibly can. If you want to follow me... On social media, I am at Ryan Perio. It's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O on all social media platforms. You can follow me there, and you can check me out at ryanperio.com, my website. I'll try to list upcoming shows there as well. It's been kind of spotty because as soon as I set it up, that's when the pandemic happened, and everything's kind of just in a, in a holding pattern. Thanks again for listening to the Sum of All Fears podcast. Next week, we'll have another guest with another fear. Thanks for listening. <laughs>